lies ahead for our industry in 2023. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the latest business aviation news and information. Our industry has proven to be amazingly resilient against any number of external pressures, as we've seen throughout COVID-19. But we also don't need to look back very far to remember how it can be upended by national and international events like the global recession. And with the daily news seemingly reminding us of all that's wrong with our world right now, what does that spell for business aviation as we look to the remainder of 2023? To help answer that question, I'm pleased to welcome back to Flight Plan industry analyst Richard Abalafia, Managing Director at Aerodynamic Advisory, Roly Vincent, President of Roland Vincent and Associates, and Brian Foley, founder of Brian Foley Associates. And Brian, let me start with you, as you recently published an interesting take on the decline in the charter market that we've seen, as some customers who utilize business aviation during the pandemic are now returning to the airlines. How might this impact the overall health of that segment in 2023? In fairness, it's not just charter that's starting to soften a little bit. It's also fractional and and part 91 flying. Uh, We started seeing uh, a lack of growth and maybe even some contraction the last half of 2022. Zeroing in on the charter folks, I think this is actually a positive for them because for the last two years, they've been going gangbusters trying to keep up with demand. You know, we're, we're not designed as a mass transit system, so it was very taxing on these companies as far as keeping their pilots busy and giving them time off once in a while, which didn't happen often, having to do expensive subcharter, and sometimes not even being able to keep up with their basic service levels. And even you may have heard of uh, NetJets having to stop at the jet card sales just so they could service their, their current customers. So going forward, it, it's not a crash of charter hours. It's a nice relaxation, I'd say. And for me, that, that'll be a benefit for the charter industry. Rolly, do you agree that a slowdown may actually be something of a positive for charter and fractional operations? Certainly the second half, 2022, we did see a slowdown year over year, but but still, you know, 2021 was record use of aircraft business jets in the U.S. 2022, the first half certainly started that way. So another record year, but when you tally it all up, if you just look at pure year over year, yeah, I mean, end of year things started settling down, but it's still up in stratospheric levels. The utilization is higher than we've seen pre-pandemic, and uh, the fleet keeps growing. We're at around 15,000 jets at the end of last year in the the U.S. So, yeah, slowdown, but I mean, from a very high level. Is that your take as well, Richard? Very much so. And I I think it's it's maybe helpful to take a step back and remember that in the middle of the pandemic, when there was this sudden headlong rush of flight to safety, if you will, people getting into BizEv. And the question we all had, we were asking people out there in the market is how many of them are going to stick around? The stickiness question, you know, when, you know, will you still have us tomorrow? Will it all get safe again? Airline service is fully restored to uh, to even the smallest markets and uh, what's going to happen? And, you know, if you were optimistic, super optimistic, you thought 20% of the newbies would stick around, you know, maybe not so optimistic, 5%. So inevitably, there was going to be that post-pandemic moment where a lot of the newbies left. And of course, uh, they, a lot of them were experimenting with charter and fractional, hence uh, Brian's point. We knew there'd be this ride down from those record levels, as Rowley said. We knew it was coming. Uh, I wouldn't be alarmed about it. It's just a, an inevitable step. 
Coming up, what other factors might affect our industry, and how we can respond to and mitigate those external pressures. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Rolly Vincent, Brian Foley, and Richard Abalafia, and our discussion of what might lie ahead for business aviation for the remainder of the year. And Richard, between continued talk of a recession in the U.S., which still doesn't seem to have really manifested, at least not in full, and of course the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, it seems there's a lot going on right now that really could affect the growth and progress we've seen in our industry of late. How do you think those and other external factors might affect business aviation this year? Well, I'll start with a you know, little bit of bad news. We always think we're immune from macro trends, and we never are, and we covered ourselves, we always cover ourselves with comforting fictions like, ah, the backlog, it's firm, it'll protect us, or ah, you know, fractionals, they'll save us, and it, it never happens. The broader economy gets hit, we get hit. Having said that, the good news is, I think a lot of this is overblown. I mean, fourth quarter numbers just came out. Hey, they're pretty good. And I invite everyone to remember that economic forecasters have successfully predicted, what, eight of the last three recessions. You know, there's always a lot of skittishness here. And a downturn is by no means preordained. Far from it, as a matter of fact, given the numbers. Coupled with really positive inflation news, which implies that maybe the Fed and other central banks won't have to continue to, to ratchet up interest rates, you know, this might just be a soft landing after all, and the industry will be just fine. That's certainly encouraging. Brian, how do you think current economic and geopolitical concerns will affect our industry for the remainder of 2023? Starting with the geopolitical, it's it's been a non-event essentially as far as airplane sales go, you know, for the U- Ukraine region and Russia. So we're, we're we're past that already. That that was a little, you know, tiny bump in the road, and we're we're long past that. As far as a slowdown in the economy, um, I just stress that this would be nothing like the 2009 crash in our industry. And in fact, in a, in a weird way, it might even be welcome <laughs> to some extent. Today, the manufacturers of business jets have a two to three year and more delivery time if one was to order it today, and that's getting longer than they'd like it to be. Um, So having a little slowdown would bring those uh, deliveries in closer. Looking at our MRO friends, they've been so busy with this high utilization that they've been parking airplanes outside to work on them instead of in the hangar and rolling their tool carts up to it. So hopefully a little slowdown in the utilization because of the economy will give, give them a break. Hopefully our industry can catch up on the labor supply and let people staff up as things slow down a little bit, which has been a, a, a problem for some time. The brokers over on the used airplane end, as things slow down a little, they'll have more inventory to buy and sell. And lastly, the, the, the charter people we've talked about will finally be able to catch a breath and, and, and run their businesses a little more the way they had in the past. I'm still wrapping my brain around thinking of a slowdown as a positive, but you make a good case. Rolly? I think we're all worried about things we don't like to talk about, and one of them is a land war in Europe. I mean, uh, you think we would have learned uh, from lessons past and wars past, but we have a land war in Europe, and that could escalate. So, I mean, clearly that's that's the one I, I think about most. What looks to have been uh, an energy crisis winter for Europe, I think they're actually managing that so far so well. 
uh, thankfully. But that is, of course, another issue. We're watching Europe. I, I think Europe is potentially uh, the source not only of a recession, economic recession, but other things as well. It's a, it's a trouble spot for our industry. We, we just aren't doing everything we need to be doing there to, to get people to embrace this industry, to, to not to, you know, throw rocks at aircraft or, or you know, chain themselves to the, the FBO fences and things like that. There's a lot of things going on in Europe that I watch. I mean, if I want to worry about things, that's, that's what I'm looking at. But in general, I think uh, I agree with uh, Brian and, and Richard. I, th I think, you know, we've been in a pressure cooker environment. This, this industry had to ramp very quickly to, to support demand. Uh, we didn't do a great job, I think, there. We just didn't have the capacity. We didn't deliver airplanes. We didn't. We couldn't find pre-owned airplanes. We couldn't provide charter or backup to fractionals. I mean, the way we've normally done these things. So, yeah, I, I think a little bit of a breather. The other thing that's actually going to take a bit of pressure off is just the fact that it's taking a little longer, maybe a lot longer, to certify new aircraft or even uh, you know upgrades to aircraft. So the FAA and other regulatory authorities have gotten very diligent, I guess is a nice word to say it, about the certification process. It's actually slowed down the pipeline. So again, time for us to get our breath. Rolly, you touched on a few things we're seeing, particularly in Europe, which speak to how business aviation is perceived negatively by some over concerns like environmental sustainability. But at the same time, a lot is actually going on to reduce our industry's carbon footprint, including efforts to promote greater availability and use of sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF. Emerging technologies like advanced air mobility also have a part in that effort and stand to make the benefits of business aviation more accessible to more people. How might these developments help counter these perceptions and other negative influences on our industry? Well, great question, Rob. Uh, I mean, you have to look at things from a technology roadmap. Where are we on these various roadmaps? When it comes to all electric aviation, which clearly is where I think we're headed, that takes a while. That's going to take a long, actually a long while to get to the where, you know, people are comfortable just getting up, getting in this type of aircraft and going off to wherever they're going. And, you know, what, what's the speed? What's the payload? What's the altitude? Are these aircraft uh, pressurized? So that pathway is probably slower than, than a lot of people are saying to get to, let's say, an all-electric or even a hydrogen future, forgetting completely about things like infrastructure and how do you recharge or refuel these, <laughs> these vehicles and batteries. I think SAF, uh, fascinating. We need it. You know, it, our whole future, uh, meeting our net carbon zero uh, emissions by 2050, if we don't have SAF, we, you know, a lot more supply, we're never going to get there. So... Um, Let's hope we start seeing more more refineries coming online. But, you know, for flight departments and others who would like to accelerate their embrace of the green uh, future that we have in front of us, you just can't find SAF. So you've got to look at other solutions, book and claim and other sorts of things. Richard, what do you think? First and foremost, I think we need to do better about messaging. I think, I think one important message to send is that because of the more fragmented nature of our industry relative to, say, big commercial jets where there are two OEMs and maybe one product launch a decade, you know, we iterate a lot faster develop new products and technologies a lot faster. And, you know, whether it's hybrid or electric or whether it's uh, SAF or, or whatever, it's probably going to get tested out faster. And I think we've got to get ahead of that trend and message it very carefully and say, you know, this is what we're looking at. But, you know, we've got to get out there and say, look, we're trying new, different, interesting things. And hopefully we have a greener future ahead and we can clearly message the way there. Brian, what role do you see for emerging technologies across our industry in the near term and beyond? 
You know, even small propeller airplanes are, are part of general aviation that we're, we're pretty much talking about here. And we already see battery technology successfully used for two-place trainers. And it'll likely um, work itself up from there as battery density improves, you know, power density. And, you know, just kind of migrate up into the, the, the fleet from there. The real selling point, though, at the end of the day will be how many dollars it saves an operator through reduced maintenance costs and, and fuel costs and that sort of thing. In the end, if it has a financial benefit, it could move pretty swiftly, actually. So, Brian, we've talked about several factors that may influence the state of business aviation for the year ahead, both positively and otherwise. What is one bellwether issue that might portend the industry's overall health in 2023? There's several to to discuss, but I'll just pick one, and that's inflation. And and that's coming under control a little bit better. But on the positive side of the coin, over history, inflation has actually benefited aircraft sales in the past. Back in the 80s, we saw a pretty swift increase in deliveries as inflation was approaching 14%. And I think it was Elon Musk who said, it's generally better to own physical things than dollars when inflation is high. So even if inflation persists and and gets ignited again, I don't think it'll hurt our industry. On the other side of that coin, one thing from inflation and and hence interest rate increases that could affect us are companies out there that have been highly leveraged, lots of debt, initially cheap cheap payments, paying that back. But as we progress through the year, you, you might see some of those, you know, calling for help or <laughs> sending out some smoke signals that things aren't so well. I think of those newbies that Richard referred to that, that you know, hopefully 10% will stick around, which affects a pre-owned new charter fractional. And what that does is raise our baseline of business for the industry by 10%, which, which isn't too bad going forward. Rolly, what do you think might be the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, to indicate how business aviation fares this year? I would have to say there's not one issue that we can ever point to. It's going to be a factor that sometimes comes out of the left field. We don't even see it coming. Uh, That's happened a lot. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, it's about confidence and and, uh, business confidence, consumer confidence, which are strong, relatively speaking. I mean, you have to look, look back historically and say, okay, well, you know, it's changed or it's down from where it was. But you know, what is that uh, that drives so much of our economy, especially the consumer confidence? So we do look at it, but I would honestly say that if we're only looking at one or two of these factors, not one is going to upset the situation. I th- but I, I think confidence generally is, is, is as close as I can come to that. And I know Richard mentioned, I think Brian as well, that, you know, we need to get the word out around our industry. We are a good industry in so many ways. And I think a lot of what we do is we talk to each other and we convince each other that, hey, we're okay, you know, things are okay. Well, we have to get the word out beyond our, our, own, uh, our own boundaries of our industry. So I look forward to more and more of that as the year uh, progresses. Richard? I think my colleagues have done a really super thorough job. Uh, I agree completely that geopolitics are a little bit overstated as a risk factor here. And while the economy certainly is a risk factor, it really comes down to, as Rolly says, confidence. Because there's a very good chance that a downturn won't happen. So, <laughs> you know, let's just stay the course and keep the confidence going in the, in the industry's overall health and its resilience. The one thing I look at in my sort of pet issue is this weird disconnect in product development with uh, so much action at the top, so much capacity, so many new models happening at the top, not much going on at the bottom. I'd like to see, and if confidence keeps going, that maybe there'll be some 
new product launches, which we really haven't seen in the small and medium cabin segment in, in quite some time. So in other words, confidence might just produce even more results in the form of market stimulus in the form of new models. We'll be sure to revisit this panel later this year to see how their insights and predictions bore out. And of course, be sure to bookmark NBAA.org to keep tabs on all the latest information about the issues affecting our industry. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.